0: you have tuned in to Authors Up here on ALH Broadcasting an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network your hosts are authors Ruth Griffin, Andrea L. Hines and yours truly, Victoria Henderson Poole we love what we do And we know it is every author's desire to get their work to a greater audience. Authors Up is a forum for authors by authors, those who are already published and those who want to be, along with other writers and playwrights. Here, we provide an opportunity for their work to be showcased as we share our own, gain tips and tools, information and insight to not only enhance the writing process, but be able to just enjoy the journey. Those who are willing to put pen to paper will usually have a story they are willing to tell, and they are invited to tell it right here. And if you are not a writer yet, no worries. We want you to be a part of our listening audience. So take notes if you like, send in your questions, or just feel free to comment on the candid conversation because it's time For
1: Authors
2: Up. Well, welcome everybody. This is Andrea L. Hines and I am welcoming you to Authors Up. Authors... Up. We love Authors Up. It's a forum for Authors by Authors and we are just so, so happy that you are with us tonight. You chose this yes. Sunday evening at 7 p.m. to join us, and we have a great program planned for you. But as always, I want to give my co-hosts an opportunity to greet you as well. Victoria, you're there this evening. We've been missing you, lady. You want to say hello. Hello to our hey, listeners tonight. Hey, everybody.
3: How's everybody? doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, miss, I miss you guys, too. So um, good evening,
2: everybody, and welcome. Thank you for being with us. And Ruth, you're there tonight, and I know you're going to have a good tip for us later on, but you want to welcome our
4: listeners. Absolutely. We are so grateful to have you join us, and we just, we're just we thankful for you. Welcome.
2: Well, we're going to begin our program tonight, as we usually do, and that's by having the weekend review and just kind of catching you up and catching each other up on what's been going on. Uh, so, Victoria, why don't we start with you this evening and give us a little bit of what's been going on in the life of Victoria Henderson Poole?
3: There's been a lot going on, but I am, I'm just going to say this. I am so, just so very grateful to be back, um, being able to record with authors up, with be part of the triumphant trio we got going on here. <laughs> I have this here with my friends, and I did not um, make it public, but my friends here knew that I had um, contracted COVID, and for the past three weeks, I've been really struggling. And um, I just praise God tonight for my space here, and I know that um, He has, He has definitely. Save me for a purpose, and so I get to live out what His purpose would be for me, and I'm going to be seeking more of His purpose for my life because I really thought that I was not going to be here, and it's, it's no joke. And
1: mm.
3: COVID um, really um, took its toll, so I'm still a little tired, I, you know, but I am so grateful, so very grateful for those who did know mm-hmm. who were praying, for those who came and and brought us things when we couldn't go out because my husband and I both had it. And so um, it, it just it has just changed my life, and we could go on and on. That, that'd be a whole nother show. But I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful.
2: And I love you guys, and I'm just so glad to be back. Glad you are too. We are glad you are too. Um, Ruth, okay, <laughs> let me get it together. Let me pull it together.
3: I tell you, I tell you, I'm not gonna talk for too much. I will cry. Don't will do that cry. to us.
4: <laughs> to <laughs> it's too early. It's too early to right. do that. Yes,
2: uh, Ruth. What about you? What What
4: was your week like? Well, I mean, it, it was a week. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, <laughs> we're still. In COVID, so, you know, every week kind of mm-hmm. still tends to look like the last week. However, we got snow this week, so that was different. I am not a fan of snow, and Me to be honest, is. when okay. I got up. <laughs> I not like the cold. We were going with that. <laughs> nope, nope, I don't like Please, the cold I weather. I, I left
3: Mm-mm. I
4: left up north, and not specifically for that reason, but I was happy to leave that up north, so. Um, Yeah, no,
3: Exactly.
4: I I will say, though, this, it it is amazing how your brain works, because I got up that morning, and I didn't even bother doing what I normally do, because I knew it was a snow day, and even though I'm not in school, and I wasn't working, it was like my brain was like, oh, snow day, so you can go to the gym, didn't do much, you're like, okay, you can enjoy this, so
3: I did enjoy (laughs) that
4: about the snow.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: other than that, you know, it, it was a, it was a standard week. Let's put it that way. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm.
2: What What mm-hmm. about
4: you, Andrea? What about you, Andrea?
2: Well, I I had uh, a couple of things. But I'll start with the snow. Uh, somebody said to me this morning. First of all, I slept in, and I mean okay. way in. It was <laughs> really late. Well, so good for you. But when somebody said, "You know, you gotta gotta be careful and gotta watch the roads," and I said, "What what are we watching the roads for?" <laughs> they said, "Snow." I said, "You're kidding!" I didn't even know. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I looked out my window and thought, "Well, oh, my goodness, look there!" <laughs> so,
4: wow, I'm
2: not a fan of it either, and it. it Totally took me by surprise, and it was pretty for a little bit, and that little bit was enough mm-hmm. for me. So that was yep. that was my snow story. Um, I am working diligently to meet my deadline with um, with the book oh, yeah. from the um, That's right. writing challenge, and. Oh it's more challenging than i expected it to be and i will talk talk about it when it's done <laughs> okay mm-hmm. it it's done but but i am working on it and actually i'm 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 enjoying all of the process i'm enjoying all mm-hmm. of the process so that was good news for me and and done uh your your book could not have come at a a more timely uh place for yes. me, uh, yes. and and I'll, I'll, I, I lost uh, a loved one uh, last Thursday, um, and... very oh, unexpectedly. Uh, I talked Friday. to him on Thursday, and yes. on Friday I looked at Facebook and it said "Rest in Peace." Yeah, um, oh, so I, I appreciate your book, but before we get into it, let let me tell our listeners a little bit about you. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Dawn Cochran King has been a longtime resident of Southern Nevada, where she enjoys living and laughing with her husband. She also loves visits and phone calls with her adult daughter, parents, siblings, bonus daughter and son, other loving relatives, and sweet friends. Dawn is an educator with over 20 years of experience as a bereavement ministry director hospice volunteer, and grief support group facilitator. Her passion to encourage and enlighten is why she writes. With master's degrees in education and educational leadership, she teaches others to navigate the grief process to find hope. After writing a children's book to teach an important life lesson, Dawn gave herself a new title of Journey Coach and finally wrote for adult readers, a book she'd been carrying in her heart for years. She is extremely happy to announce that Survivor's Nuggets, Walking Through the Stages of Grief to Find Hope, was released in November 2020.
4: Through two true stories of her personal experiences with deep death, grief, and loss, dawn Cochrane King illustrates the powerful ability to find value in the process of grieving. Each story celebrates embracing life again with hope. Packed with thought-provoking and relatable stories, survivors' nuggets will guide you to acknowledge the stages of grief you're experiencing, recognize valuable nuggets after loss. Discover the gift of hope and celebrate your life story. The book concludes with recommended steps for effective journal writing and development of your own story. And as we do here on Authors Up, let's send some hearts up, let's give a drum roll and welcome Dawn. (laughs) Welcome! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You
3: all are so sweet. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, we try. Yeah, you <laughs> caught
4: us on a good You caught us on a good day, so. Yes. Um, we're, gonna,
3: we're gonna behave, since this it's my first night back for a while. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's>
4: right. <laughs> well, well, we are we are grateful for you to come on the show, Don.
1: I am so now, honored b- to
4: be here. Good, good. Your book is called Survivor's Nuggets, and in it you walk us through the stages of grief to find hope. And, you know, as I started reading it, I was struck with the fact that this is something you found your purpose in. Um, I feel as though sometimes we feel like our purpose is this grand God thing, but I feel almost like Mm -hmm. purpose found you. Would I be wrong in saying that? (laughs)
1: No, no, that's a really, a really accurate way of putting it. I, um, it was something that I kind of ran from, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I really ran from it um, when I was invited to, in, to uh, join the bereavement ministry in church. I, it was the last thing I wanted to do because I felt like I was such a compassionate person. I would cry. I'm like, if I'm crying, how can I possibly help someone, you know? Um, <laughs> I didn't think that I had the strength, to be honest. But I, I was told over and over again, nope, we need people who are compassionate. And if you cry, then that's good. Then just cry with them. It doesn't matter. Oh. Like, we, we need people who can, who, can, um, who can actually be more empathetic while they're being sympathetic. And so I I finally just went ahead and joined, and it changed my walk with the Lord, to be honest. I, I mm-hmm. realized that the very thing, and we've heard this so many times, and it's true for me, the very thing that you seem to walk away from or avoid is the exact path you're supposed to be walking. And when mm-hmm. I went ahead and took that leap, that's when things started opening up for me, and I realized how much... I actually gained every time I left the house to go and help someone else, I actually gained from the experience. So it, it yeah. definitely is a life purpose, and it, I gained so much of that. Each time I went to visit someone in the hospital, each time I went to help facilitate a funeral or console the bereaved, when I came home, I would write about it. And so I had mm-hmm. all these journal notes for years, literally years, uh-huh. And then I thought, oh, I should do something with this one day. And eventually right. I did, but this has been over years. And so when you said something earlier, this, the timing is just seems to be so right, I think mm-hmm. that, I, I don't think, I know that God's timing is so perfect because yes. I've had no idea, none of us had any idea what 2020 was going to be like. In fact, when mm-hmm. I finished the book, we hadn't even experienced COVID yet when I finished writing Mm -hmm. it, I don't even mention COVID in this book, but at the time that it was published, uh, that was, you know, that's right in the heart of it, of it all. Um, Mm -hmm. so I just thank him for, for guiding me and allowing me to get it out there to people.
4: Mm -hmm. That that is awesome. And then you're right. I think his timing is just incredible. You know, we, don't we we do not have the foresight to even see what's coming up, but he does, and that's just right. that's just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, when did you decide to write the book? Was it the year before, or how long was that process for you? Was it you know easy going through the notes? Did you pull them out? Right. How how did that work for
1: you? I often read through the notes because I have a habit of saving all of the programs that I would receive it funerals, and I would Mm -hmm. pay them in the same little spot, and I'd have my journals there, and I would kind of read through them when I had experienced another debt. I kind of read through them. And it wasn't until maybe about a year ago, it was in August of 19, I think it was, is when I started Mm -hmm. really, really putting pen to paper and writing it and putting all of my notes together and trying and getting it formatted. So I would say the process took about a year. And so okay. I spent most of most of twenty twenty really working on it. Probably mm-hmm. it was later than nineteen that I started because it was about a year, and it was released in November of twenty twenty. Okay. And
4: how has the reception been given the the pandemic and everything? I know you know God is
1: probably giggling and kind of laughing at me a little bit <laughs> because, because because let me tell you. When I, when I ventured into this, I started researching and joining writers' groups, and, le- and I learned a lot. I, I really learned a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I paid them all, all um, g- kinds of gratitude for helping me learn the process. But in all of that, I kept saying, okay, I don't want to put myself in a little box and – only be the person who talks about grief through the lens of a believer, through the lens of a Christian. I don't want to be that person. I wanted to write it so that anyone who was grieving and, you know, if I got them to say, hey, tell me more about God, then great. But I didn't want to advertise it that way. But Mm -hmm. let me tell you. The more I wrote, I mean, if it's in you, it's in you, and God is just in me. I can't help it. So even though I don't say that I am a Christian author or this is a book for the believer, I don't say that, in every page you you can tell. And I refer to the Lord, and I refer to church, I refer to my experiences. So God said, no matter what you think, how you think you're going to do this, I already know how it needs to go out. And it, know, So there it is. <laughs> so it really turned out to be a Christian based book because that's who I am. Amen.
4: Mm-hmm. And that's what God put in you. So that's awesome. Right. 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 So. Thinking about, you know, think about all the people you've met and how they've changed your life and your perspective, can you even imagine what your life would have been like without, had you said no? Because they were, from reading the book, the volunteers were quite adamant that you needed to join the ministry right
1: i i will tell you I'll tell you did <laughs> you you asked a question just a second ago too about the reception from people? I have uh-huh. heard from so many folks who said, wow, I, I bought three more copies for friends. Mm. I bought, I have a, um, a relative who is a counselor and, or therapist, and she has bought several because she's giving them to her clients and she's using them in her practice. And so I've just yeah. been hearing from people more and more and more. And after a while, you know, there are things in this book that I've said so many times, whether I was training people in the ministry, whether I was just consoling a friend, I've said it so many times, and you hear so much about the five stages of grief. I think, okay, who's going to really care about what I say? But everybody kind of has their own sphere of influence, and they attract different people. And the people who have come to me, and we've had those one-on-one conversations, I hang up the phone almost in tears going... Thank you for using me. It happened again yesterday. Mm-hmm. I hung up the phone, and I finally, oh, the, the conversation started with the person down and out and constantly saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I kept saying, yes, you do, it's already in you. And I was giving her scriptures. I was telling her about things in the book that she was repeating back to me. And by the time we hung up the phone, she had ended the conversation with, I know I can do this. And she was speaking oh, God. things okay. into existence. I said, you are, God's already done it. He's already done Amen. it. It's what we say. is the power of our words and how we speak them. So yeah. I know now it does not matter. We, there is nothing new under the sun. I am not going to invent something brand new and put it into a book and go, oh, wow, no one's ever said that before. But it's the way that it's presented and it's who yeah, I get my right. influence with it, who will be touched by it. And then I know that I've fulfilled my purpose.
4: Amen. That's awesome. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, I'm going to turn you over to Andrea and she's going to ask you some questions. Okay. Well, let's see now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I am at a um I'm at a, an an entirely different place uh due to circumstances than I was when I first uh became aware that you were going to be on uh on the program tonight dawn
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: because okay. I am now uh going through a journey that I haven't been on for a long time. I had been saying to friends how blessed I was that that death had not hit my house um, mm. I know a lot of people who have had and members of their family pass. Um, I even sat with, with a friend who lost uh, six people, family, and friends within a 45-day period um, oh and three, three to suicide. Um, oh and, and, and we were talking about what do you do and where do you go and, and when you are the person who is always there for everybody else when you run yeah. on empty in situations like this, how do you handle it what do you do and i'm I'm finding that the process is so different uh for each person um, How do you figure out uh, what to say when to say it, and how to say it? I don't know whether there is a a, a course of study, if you will, um, when you're dealing with bereavement. I know a lot of it has to be has to be God and and what He uh, leads you and guides you to to say and and when. But can you give some some insight, just in, in what you have been through, as to how. How we handle um, if we're not part of a class or or in the ministry how do you, how do you handle uh knowing exactly what to tell people at the time? Um, mm-hmm. I think that the book is not only a great book, a great ministry tool, but just in light of life right now uh it is much needed. Like you were saying, some people are, are saying, "I need three more copies or two more copies or, or whatever." But and I think I'm probably kind of all over the place right now, Don. But can you get just get okay. a gist of what I, I'm, I'm trying a, to say and, I do. and address it for me?
1: I do. So so the the very first thing I would say when someone says, "My gosh," what do you say to a person and how do you say it? Is there is so much more power in silence when you're Mm -hmm. trying to console a person who's just suffered a loss. Um, Oh, I love that. Because there are no perfect words. Really, the person really, all they really want is for you to bring the person back, and there's no way for you to do that. So the best thing is to know when to be silent. I think a lot of people struggle with that, and then they wind up saying the wrong thing. And we've heard this many times, you know, they're in a better place. God loved them more. Uh-huh. Um, they they were they did everything that they were sent to the earth to do, and so now he's taking them back. I mean, they say all of these yeah. things, and they mean well. And I, I tell people, you know, before you become angry, before you become upset with them, um, understand where where their heart is. They really do mean well. They don't know what to say. And so when when I was uh, the director of the ministry, we did training on a regular basis for with all of our volunteers. And I said, the, the main thing you want to do is never tell them you know exactly how they feel. Mm-hmm. Listen. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you have to do a lot of that, right, you have to do a lot of that active listening. So when they say something, you're not validating what they say. You're not... Um, arguing if you don't agree with what they say you may just ask a question and say wow so how did that make you feel oh so I understand I understand you're feeling angry about that because they just said they were angry you just kind of repeat what they're saying because now you're just allowing them to speak a lot of times Mm -hmm. they don't have the ability to share some of the things they need to let out with some of the closest people to them because there's too much history there they need an objective ear. So that's why it's great to have um, either a counselor, a minister, a support group to go to where you have some objective parties in front of you who can mm-hmm. listen without without having a, an opinion because they don't know the people. They're just there to support you through it. And so I'll, I'll wrap up my answer by saying it's a good thing to understand what those stages of grief are, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she came out with this many, well, decades ago, and mm-hmm. it's been written about so many times, and I know you're all familiar with what they are, but they also get a lot of, um, I would say, negative press, so to speak, um, in the media. They, people have talked about it or reviewed books and said, oh, you know, sometimes the stage of grief, stages of grief don't apply, but I beg to differ. It doesn't mean that you can't you can't look at other um uh, Uh, frameworks, but I would say if you get a good grasp of what those five stages are and then you internalize it and say, which one of those am I experiencing right now? Because there's no right or wrong way to go through them. There's no right order. There's no right duration for each stage. But if you can identify which one you're going through and then come up with ways to actively deal with it. If you're angry, then maybe you need to write it down. Maybe there are some people you need to forgive so you can get rid of the anger. So there's things, action you can take, but it starts with acknowledgement of what stage you're actually experiencing. And to, and to mm-hmm. be kind to yourself while you're doing it. Be gentle with yourself because you could go through a stage where you are very, very guilty about something. You would feel horrible. You know what, I was supposed to go see her one more time and I didn't do it, Mm -hmm. so now you feel guilty. Uh And so you might get past that and have forgiven yourself, and now a birthday comes up or the anniversary comes up, and you start feeling it all over again, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I went through all that work on myself, and I'm doing this again. It is not wrong to do that. It is a cycle that is never ending. What should end is the inability to deal with it. We need to be able to cope Mm -hmm. with
2: it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I hope
1: that helps. I Mm -hmm. hope that helps. Yes. Oh, yes, oh absolutely. <laughs>
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And I wanna ask you you one other thing. Uh mm-hmm. what what was the most challenging part uh of of this writing journey uh that you had to deal with? That's one. That's part one. And part mm-hmm. two, uh is there any particular uh story, event or occurrence um that just really kind of tugs at you or or that or you had one of those I never will forget this one moments with? <laughs>
1: um, okay, well, a couple of things. So the first part of your question, what was the most difficult? Maybe they tie in together. I would say... I had two. So one was where I explained how I had a fear of dying myself, just my own mortality. I had a fear of dying, Mm -hmm. even though I know the Lord, I know where my spirit will be. But I had this fear because my daughter was so young, and I thought, God, don't let me die before she grows up and becomes an adult. And it was just so far-fetched and just so unrealistic. But it was real to me because that was a real feeling, you know. And I had mm-hmm. to really work mm-hmm. past that. So that even writing about that was difficult because I had never shared that with anyone before. Outside of mm-hmm. a minister at church who prayed with me about it, I had never shared that with anyone, never at all. And so that was a little bit difficult to get through and write that. Um, and I would say... Uh, I used the example of a few seconds ago about feeling guilt after someone passes. And I, I felt guilt mixed with embarrassment or shame because I thought, okay, this this person has died and you really could kick yourself for not getting on that plane sooner and going to see her and now it's too late. And then it happened again because I'd lost touch with someone and I felt guilty because I didn't see her toward the end of her life. And I had to realize, oh, my goodness, okay, these are the same things you tell other people that no matter what, this per- it was this person's time to go, and if you feel this strongly about them and you know you had a great relationship with them, well, then they did too. They died knowing that. And so, I had to mm. forgive myself for feeling those yeah. things and say, "Get past that part so that you can continue to celebrate their life with the memories and the pictures and all of the good things you know um so mm. i was I think those things were the hardest because I had to be very transparent and just share that Mhm
2: mhm okay
1: yeah. Victoria, are you? at a
2: place where you uh, want to talk with Dawn or ask her any questions?
3: Yes, I am. I'm good. It It is um, <laughs> an extremely difficult conversation because I, too, have um, lost someone. And it and, was um, last Friday, well, it was Friday the mm. 15th, and it was right during when I was struggling with COVID. And someone I grew up with and, and families were very close to each other and just like a little brother, a year younger than me, you know, um, he passed unexpectedly. And, um, and I, first of all, I must say that as soon as I started reading the book, I said this is so timely and so necessary for this period that we're living in because people are um, experiencing not only the, the loss of their loved ones, the experience and the separation that COVID restrictions have brought in. So we're not even able to mm-hmm. say goodbye in the traditional ways that we normally would. And so that's a hard thing. But as I was reading your book, I was like, oh, my gosh. I, 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 I First of all, I knew I needed it because I could see myself in almost every stage. And I, you know, I've had a lot of loss in the last two to three mm-hmm. years. And I think I'm in different stages with different people. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely makes sense. Yes, all the okay. different relationships, okay. right? No, yeah, that absolutely yeah. makes sense.
3: Oh, um, so I, I felt the guilt. You know, I had one one friend mm-hmm. die um, of cancer, and then I said I felt so bad that I wasn't able to um, help out as much as I thought I should. So it, it's just a lot. But mm. um, specifically about the book, would you tell our listeners what you mean by nugget? You know, I know what you mean, but what do you mean by a survivor's <laughs> nugget?
1: Okay. So, as horrible as these experiences of loss are and just like the ones you just described, they are horrific. Mm-hmm. They are um earth just earth-shattering. Um, in spite of it all, we're so, we're told that we're supposed to find joy. We're supposed to find joy in everything, right? Count right. it all joy. So, I take that scripture to heart and I say, how in the world are we supposed to do this? But I'm, but I'm trusting that it's true. So there are, there are times when you go through these things, you will find hope. You find peace in, in sometimes in the most unlikely places. When you're sitting and you're thinking about your loved one and you are maybe at your lowest and you're trying to just maybe just get through the night being able to get some sleep, if there are awesome. some things that you can just reflect on, if you're journaling especially, and I, and I talk about that in the book, how important it is to journal and really write your feelings out, you will realize that there, there are things that you had in that relationship that aren't gone. And those are the, right. those are some of the nuggets that will always be with you. So even though the person isn't physically there anymore, the relationship isn't there in the same sense because they're physically gone. But right. those things that you shared are still there and still you still have the ability to share them with someone else. So I never think that anything that we find that's good, like a nugget, I never think that anything that we find that's good for ourselves, it's just meant for us to hold on to for ourselves. It's meant to then mm-hmm. share that with someone else. So I think the people who have had the greatest losses, the people who have had the greatest tragedies, they are some of the most powerful Walk in testimonies for someone who's Mm -hmm. having having a hard time getting through the next steps themselves. So that's what I mean by nuggets. I know you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I I think it's important for people to to recognize it because we don't just get through it and then it's over. We don't just get through mm-hmm. it. It's, it's Like I said earlier, it's a cycle. It's everlasting. I lost people years ago. If I sit and think about certain things hard enough, tears will fall. And so yeah. it's not a matter of getting over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got through it so I can continue on with my day-to-day. But there are stages and, and parts of that process that never really end. And that's not said to make people feel sad. It's to make them realize, okay, then I'm really okay. I really am okay with this. It's not that something is wrong with me because I'm feeling this way. It's normal. It's a normal mm-hmm. part of life. Um, right. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I also I, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you you're go ahead. ahead.
3: No, you finish. You finish before okay. we start.
1: I I, oh, no, okay. I wanted to I wanted to just bring up how I talked about in the book about celebrating their own life story because mm-hmm. That's part of the whole journaling process that I mentioned a few seconds ago. Is when you are journaling, you start writing about yourself. You really start writing your own obituary, if you will. Um, uh-huh. You can call it a bio. You can call it your life story. Whatever you know, whatever resonates with you. But I think it's important to do those things because the day of a funeral. How many times have we sat there and we read the obituary or someone else read yeah, the obituary mm-hmm. and we listened in and I thought, wow, I wonder, it would be so wonderful if this person could hear all of this right now mm-hmm. or if the people right. get up to give a, a moment or two of reflection about the relationship they had with them. And I think it would be so wonderful if they could hear this right now. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to write it themselves because no one can get your story right the way you can. So I think it's important to write it yourself and then celebrate your life at any point, whether, mm-hmm. you, whether you're... 25, 55, it'd be great if you had a little bit more experience than 25, but if you, had, <laughs> if you had a point in your life, you know, it doesn't have to be that death is imminent and, um, and yeah. now you want to hurry up and get something together. Do it while you still can smell the flowers, while you can dance Amen. at your own service, you know, and celebrate yes. with your friends. I think then you leave them with the greatest gifts for that day when you do leave and they do have to mourn you and have the traditional funeral. You leave them with such a gift that yes. it, may, it would make the, the grieving process to me a, a whole lot better, so much richer. Um,
3: I love that. I love that. My, um, my husband and I actually have a uh, pet peeve, you know, we two hold on to all the funeral programs. And when we have a pet peeve about the obituary, I I, I personally mm-hmm. hate obituaries that just state where the person went to school, where they grew up, what job they had, and who survived. But you tell me nothing right. about the person. That is the last right. statement that will be made about a person. Say something, you know, y'all better put in there that I like Milano cookies, right? That's the
1: first thing we're putting in there (laughs) No, no, no You're not going to put it in there She's going to write it herself She's going to write it herself Exactly, and I
3: have thought about that Uh, But I wanted to ask you one question before we have to move on Um, I I think it's very important To discuss And I I saw myself in this In the denial I um, had a friend about two years ago Well, no, it's been about five years ago He got shot in the head unexpectedly and um, it's such a tragedy, and I was, I was just really hurt and devastated. But I am one of those people, I'm an encourager, you know, want everybody to be okay. I literally got up the next day and went to work. And I, what, I, what I liked about your book was you talked about the, in the, the denial stage, you know, about admitting mm-hmm. that you're not okay with me facing what's wrong. It's easy to recognize a person in denial when their words and their actions contradict one another. When a person says the right things and appears to be functioning well, their denial may go unnoticed. We have to make an effort to check on people
1: who seem to have it all together. Can you
3: talk about that just a little bit? Because I, I, I
1: that's so
4: important.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. In fact, I just posted something um, very similar to those words. I said, check on your friends. The, even the strongest ones could really use a quick phone call and Amen. i um i think it's so important um what you just shared because it is we we just assume that people are okay and they're not and they're not going to ask for help we should never okay. say okay i'm here if you need me if you need anything you know you can call me anytime they're not going to they're not right. going to call so we have to take we have to be proactive and check on folks especially the strongest ones <laughs> Right. Because the the ones who aren't, they're going to get the help. They they more than likely will. But you have to remember all of them, you know. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm answering your question because there was another part to your question. I apologize. Well, you, you there was you another part are. to your question. You
3: know, we, we, okay. we're, talking, we're talking about okay. um, those, those of us who, who are encouragers. And, but what, right. when we hurt, what do we do mm-hmm. when we hurt? And, and we're in that denial stage. And I don't even think I, I saw it as denial, but reading mm-hmm. the book, through the book, I said, you know, yes, I have been in denial because, like I said, I got up and, and went to work the next day, and I, and I'm okay, I'm all right, but I have not mm-hmm. been okay for a long time. It's,
4: right. it's, it's something. Right. Oh, I right.
3: just, I just really appreciate the book, and you know, I know we have to move on. Would you tell <laughs> our listeners where we can find their book, and then how could they connect with you? Because we we could talk
4: to you a whole
1: nother show. <laughs> oh yes, this would be fun. <laughs> I'm having a very good time. Um, exactly. So, so the book is available on Amazon, and the full title is Survivors Nuggets: Walking Through the Stages of Grief to Find Hope. My full name is Dawn Cochran King, and it is, like I said, it's available at, on Amazon.com. It's also available through my website, which is TheJourneyLessons.com. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all one word, thejourneylessons.com. And I also have a Facebook community by the same um, name. It's the Journey Lessons Community. And I created that as a safe place for people to come and just sort of be able to talk freely about their experiences, Mm -hmm. no judgment zone, and to just find an encouraging place. Um, where kind of friendships are, are brewing. So it, it's been really, really encouraging for me, and I'm um, enjoying the journey myself.
3: Oh, wonderful. Well, what is that Facebook page again? Because I'll be clicking in just a few minutes.
1: Okay, so the, the Facebook page <laughs> is the Journey Lessons Community. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You have such a, um, I could see why bereavement ministry works. For you, and that is your purpose. You have such a calming voice, and yeah. and I could just I just feel your spirit is just beautiful. And I just thank you. I really thank you. I am um, I'm not going to cry because they know I'll cry in a minute, but I'm not going to do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> hang, out well, I, <laughs> hang out with a few more minutes, hang out with a few more minutes. We're going to um, see if Ruth has a tip for tonight, and um, okay. then I, we be done.
4: Ruth, okay. Yes. So our tip tonight deals with overcoming the anxiety of sharing your writings with others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this applies to new writers as well as to young writers. You know, if this is a new thing for you, you know, opening up yourself to be possibly criticized or judged is a scary thought, but regardless of age, there are things you can do to help alleviate those anxieties. Ultimately, you know, you have to take that risk that, step out. But, you know, these are things that you can do. Um, Acknowledge your fears. They are real. They are legitimate. They're they're also very normal. You're stepping into a new situation. And let's face it, there are a lot of nice people out there, but that doesn't mean that you're doing, you know, that doesn't mean that you stop doing what's in your heart. So look for the rationales behind the fear, understand them, and then come up with a successful plan to deal with them. Uh, number two, find someone you trust to share your stories, your writings with, you know, someone who will read what you wrote, not criticize you, but, you know, support you. There may be family, mm-hmm. friends, a mentor, or a teacher. The key is finding someone that you trust. Uh, number three, determine if your writing is ready. I like to quote Hemingway, who said, you know, the first draft of anything is garbage. So mm-hmm. you probably don't <laughs> want people to read that first draft. <laughs> but, you know, if you put in a little extra work, you know, your writing, you can get your writing to the place where, you know, you're comfortable sharing it. It doesn't mean it has to be perfect because nothing is and no one is, but it can be good. So um, when you find that person you trust, be clear about what you're requesting of them. Do you want feedback or do you want a critique or do you just want support? You know, there are plenty of people who are happy to support you. You just need to ask. And lastly, if you're not comfortable with the people close to you, you can get anonymous readers. You know, there are lots of great websites out there like uh, ReadSea and Wattpad are two of them, and they allow you to post your work anonymously. You can use a pen name. Um, You can use, you know, someone who's in the industry who, you know, you go to them and, you know, like myself, you know, just say, hey, I just want your opinion. Can you read this? You know, even if you don't know them that well, sometimes it helps to have a someone who doesn't have a bias, you know, unbiased opinion about your work. So, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, ultimately you got to step out, but if you can, you know, prepare for that, it'll be just a little bit less scary and a little bit less anxious. And that's my tip. All righty. I oh, like some head. of that.
2: Those Excellent. tips, whether I'm writing or not, those are some <laughs> <tips>. <laughs>
4: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Thank yeah. you for that, Ruth. <laughs>
4: You're welcome.
2: Well, we have come to the close of our program tonight, and uh, I just want to ask, uh, Ruth, did, do
4: you have any specific closing remarks this evening? Well, I just wanted to thank Dawn for joining us tonight, and I just want to say you've written a great book, and I'm glad to be able to have um, read it and to be able to have chatted with you.
1: Thank you so much. I am, again, honored and I feel privileged to have, to have been a part of this conversation, and I look forward to listening to more. I think your your show is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And, Victoria, I, I tried to fill in for you while you were away, but <laughs> my words uh, didn't sound like yours, lady. I couldn't you do it, did. so I opened the floor to you to
3: hear what you we had You know I was going to do weeks. it. Listeners, go, you got to go get ahead. the book, get the, the book, get the book, get the book. This really, you know, I, I sometimes I feel so redundant saying this, but every author that we talk to is just, just wonderful. And, and we actually do get the books ourselves. So get this one because, you know, I said I wasn't going to cry, but I was a little teary through this only because <laughs> this book really hit some spots. It hit, hit yeah. right n- nail on the head. And once again, God gives you what you need when you need it. And I just praise Him yes, for that tonight. Well, yes. Um, yes, He does. We thank you for being with us. And um, if you have any questions, concerns, send us an email, authorsup at com. And thank you again, Dawn. Thank you.
2: And, Good night. And, Dawn, <laughs> I, I think you quiet, I heard you quietly say that, that you enjoyed yourself tonight, and I I think I heard you say that very quietly. So that means that when we we contact you and say, would you come back again, that we will hear (laughs) you sounding, yes, I'd love to. Just wanted to get that out there, folks. Wanted to get that cleared up before we leave tonight. (laughs) I'll just say yes right now. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am right with my co-host tonight, Don. We certainly did uh, enjoy you being with us. It's not an easy topic all the time, but it is not one that can go without being discussed. So we we mm-hmm. appreciate you. We appreciate your book, and we do look forward to having you come back on Authors Up again. So that is yeah, it you. for us for the evening, and uh, you know what? We will be right here next Sunday. At 7 p.m. Until then, this is Andrea Hines with Victoria Henderson Poole and Ruth Griffin, and there's never a dull moment here at
4: Author Ducks.